Hey, you guys, we got to tell you about Brez Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. I like the iCast Fireball mixed flavor, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like dark roast like I do, then try the Critical Dark or the Coo Slayer Mocha Roast. Can't decide what you need for those all-night gaming sessions? Why don't you try one of their specialty sample packs? All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to BrezCoffeeCo.com. That's B-R-E-Z-C-O-F-F-E-E-C-O.com and enter the code NCR at checkout for 10% off your order. Amazing! Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. programs and we're back for another edition of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins i am your fill-in host for the night jacob craig yeah yeah derek um still is uh being hoarded by the uh pensacola blue wahoos <laughs> can be here this week but um next week um i'm gonna go ahead and get this out of the way we're taking a week off next week. We're not pod fading. We're just taking the week off, Derek. Um, it's one of his the last times that he won't be able to be here. So I decided to go ahead and take the week off, and I'm gonna get um, I'm gonna get ahead on some stuff I need to uh, review. Uh, I was supposed to review um, Lost Vikings last week, but we did the the big round table about Activision Blizzard with um, Joey Image. Um, Steffi Lou Who and Molly Pop Girl. So if you haven't listened to that episode, it's a very good, very important episode to go listen to. It's all very about heavy that. as well. Yeah, very, very. I was I was messed up for a few days after that show. It was very, very heavy. Um, but yeah, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. Uh, we're gonna take next week off, but Derek will be back on the twenty fifth. August 25th, and I think that's when we're going to do our big giveaway for the, the Patreon people, too. We've got a big prize pack we're going to give away. So if you're not a patron, go be a patron, and you'll be eligible for a humongous prize pack that we're going to be giving away here on the show. But, uh, but yeah, um, Jacob Craig returns tonight. Welcome oh. to the show, sir. Mm, what's yeah. Thanks so much for having me again, man. Yeah, man. I, know, I think I, I said this last time. It's like I really love the community that you guys built over here. <clears throat> and I love how everyone's just, you know, kind of just accepted. It's like, Oh, Jacob's guest host. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. I, I really like that. Um, yeah. You know, thank you guys for welcoming me back and uh, letting me be the best Derek diamond that yeah. Jacob Craig could possibly be. <laughs> You're always welcome here at, at the nerd cave retro clubhouse. I appreciate it guys. And um, yeah. Um, what have you been playing this week? 
Man, uh, so I haven't been playing much recently, but I'll. So I was supposed to do the episode that Bethany filled in on, and uh, Bethany wanted to fill in, so we pushed this back. Uh, I, so I reviewed my game. I played it all the way through so long ago. <laughs> so uh, since then, I uh, I stayed with my girlfriend and her at her aunt's house in Petal, uh, close to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And in Hattiesburg, I found this place called Game Exchange. Oh, yeah, right yeah. They a- have those at uh, in Mobile. That I, That's the one uh, I go to. Um, I think it's the Game Exchange. I know they used to have one here on the coast, too, but it closed down. So are you thinking of Play and Talk, or is it, or is it an actual game exchange? No, I think uh, Play and Talk is the one that's in Mobile, but there used to be a game okay. exchange down here. I used to go to it all the time. Yeah, yeah. There, there's one in Hattiesburg, and I had no idea about it. But hmm. what I noticed is that it's right next to a GameStop. And the thing is, is if this game exchange is still open right next to a GameStop, <laughs> I have to go in there and see what they're doing. Hell yeah. I went in there, dude, and it blew my mind it was one of the best uh game stores i've been in in a while it has tons of retro games in there uh they're not paying me by the way to say this uh t- tons of new games too and just uh, walls of dvds if you're if you're into collecting older movies or whatever and so i, I went in there and i and i found one downside of this this is that i found a very obscure ufc game for the ps2 that i could never find online or anywhere hmm. And I brought it to him, and he he actually didn't have any copies of it, even though it was on their shelf. Yeah, and it was weird because they actually had two cases on their shelf indicating they have two copies. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, well, that's kind of weird. But I found Reservoir Dogs for the PS2 based on the movie Reservoir Dogs. There was a Reservoir Dogs game. Yes, sir. Why have I that's not right. ever heard of this? It was made, I believe, well after the movie. Um. And so I'll talk about the game in a bit, but the thing is that I've seen this game before in a thrift store here on the coast. They wanted $50 for this game, Jason, because it's a, it's actually a very sought after game. I'm sure. And at this game exchange, it was $7. So I was like, I'm going to pick this thing up. And, and I, I really like that store. I recommend going to a game exchange if you have one near you. Mm-hmm. And I played it and they could only... They couldn't get the rights. They couldn't get like the likenesses. You know what I mean? For any of the characters or any of the actors. Yeah. In the movie. The only likeness they could afford was Michael Madsen, who played Mr. Blonde. Well, yeah, because he'll 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 do, do anything. It. He'll do anything for They couldn't even afford <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's likeness. What? And, I just yeah, looked this up. Let's see. And, Amazon. But here's the thing, Jason. Here's the thing. Don't look at this on Amazon, son, because this is top 10 worst games I've ever played in my entire (laughs) life. And I looked this up on Wikipedia, and on Wikipedia it says this is one of the worst-received games for the PlayStation 2 and and throughout the entire PlayStation 2's run. I I believe it said something along those lines. I should should probably have looked at that before I mentioned this. Uh, Yeah, it's a really bad game it is so horrible and i played it all the way through just because it was reservoir dogs and i don't regret it but i i wouldn't play it again okay apparently there was a sopranos playstation 2 game as well called road to respect 
Wow. And there's a Godfather PlayStation 2 game. My I brother did not and know dad these existed. That. My brother and dad rented that when I was a kid. I remember that game. Wowzers. What's that? I said Wowzers. I Oh. I never I, knew that Reservoir Dogs was a a, a PS2 game. Like why are you not no. reviewing this? <laughs> like, uh, well, but- well, it, it's not twenty years old. Is is mainly why it's it's it's. I I and I wanted to review Spider Man because I I like the Spider Man game. I don't like the Reservoir Dogs game. Like, what's the point? Like, what's the point of the game? It's literally just the plot of Reservoir Dogs, but but who are you playing? All you play as all of the Reservoir Dogs. You play as all of them, and and you play as Fast Eddie, as well. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of goes through the story. And then, of course, there's a lot of stuff that's not in the movie. Like, you play as Mr. Blue uh, shooting his way out of the jewelry store. Okay. And you, you play as Mr. Brown uh, when he gets shot in the car. And, and, and in the movie, it's just Mr. Brown gets shot in the car and he dies. But in this one, you get shot in the car, and then you still have to drive the guys to the hideout before you bleed out. Like, that's the mission. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at the the graphics. Actually, don't look too terrible. Graphics were good. The graphics were good. Uh, so many car missions. Dude. Yeah, it looks like it looks like Grand Theft Auto. A little bit, but it, the car missions or driving in the car in Grand Theft Auto Vice City uh, for the PS2. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so much easier than this. Like. It's it's the hardest car missions I've ever tried to attempt. <laughs> Apparently, you've never played uh, Batman uh, Arkham Knight. <laughs> Arkham Knight? Oh, yeah. I did play. Ar- yeah, I did. I did. I love driving the Batmobile, but holy crap, it's hard to control. That's true. That's very true. That's a huge bug in that game. This is and crazy. this one as well. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the only game that I've really. Um, Played to completion, aside from the one I'm reviewing, since the last time I was on. Yeah, um, I actually started playing, because um, anybody that listens to this show knows how I feel about Final Fantasy games. I'm yeah, always making fun of them, because they're, you know, they're, they're like numbered all crazy, and like I have no desire to ever play a Final Fantasy game. Right. I actually started streaming Final Fantasy, through, no, the original Final Fantasy for the NES, which is you know Final Fantasy three in Japan, but it was the first one here. I actually kind of enjoyed it, so I'm going to continue wow. playing it, and uh, I'm going to stream it when I when I have time, and I'm going to review it when you know when I get get done with it. But uh, yeah, it, it, I mean it's it's your it's pretty much your standard NES RPG right now. Like if you ever played like Dragon Warrior or anything like that. It's pretty much that. <laughs> Not much Jason different. Jason Robbins changing his tune about Final Fantasy. Yeah, after yeah but I'm only it. like an hour into the game right now, so we'll, we still have a lot more to go. You should play Final Fantasy X. That one was really good. Or okay. was it ten two or five or twelve? Well, I'm actually know. interested in the new Final Fantasy XIV uh, MMO that's going on right now. There's like a mass exodus out of uh, WoW over to Final Fantasy right now. 
I hear it's very, very good. Okay. So I might check yeah. that out. Um, I also downloaded, uh, I bought, well, I, I did a review of Blaster Master Zero on this show a couple of years ago when it came out. It was the first, one of the first games I bought for my Switch was Blaster Master Zero because I love Blaster Master for the NES. And they did a complete overhaul of that game and made it modernized for the Switch. And um, I just completely forgot to, de- to do part two over the last couple of years. <laughs> and then part three dropped last week. And I was like, well, wow. shit, I never played two. So I went back and bought part two, and I've been playing that on the Switch over the last week. So I'll probably review that when I'm done with it. So I've got a couple of games in, in, in the works right now that I want to finish before I review. I still want to get a little bit more time into Lost Vikings, which I'm going to review that when I come back after next week. And um, so, yeah, I, I, that that game is fun. But it's it's such a weird mechanic uh, to play that game. Did you ever play Lost Vikings for the Super Nintendo? No, I haven't. I haven't played many Super Nintendo games. Yeah, it's it's, it, it's hard to describe because there's no other game like it. You're playing three characters at once, and you're switching between the characters because they all ha- each each one has a different ability. And you have to use those abilities to get through each level. It's almost like like a puzzle. Uh, okay. Yeah, you, yeah, it's like a puzzle game, but you're using these three different characters, and it's such a cool game mechanic. Um, I've never seen it done again like that, or at least I, I'm not aware of any other games that use yeah. that kind of mechanic, but I'd like to get a little more time with it before I review it. I will say a lot of the Harry Potter video games use that mechanic, where you're playing as Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and each one can only do certain things, and you yeah. have to switch out. Okay. Solve puzzles. But I think maybe, that would be like... Wasn't Dragon Age like that a little bit, where you had a, like a party of people and you switched between them? Yes, I think so. I, I've played only a little bit of, of Dragon Age for the uh, Nintendo DS, yeah, but I've, I think that's kind of what it is. I played that for the Xbox 360, and, I, and it's been so long since I played it. I think that was the main mechanic of the game was the being oh, able to switch between the characters. Dragon Age. I'm thinking of Dragon Quest. Oh yeah, well, Dragon Quest is basically the Dragon Warrior series. Yeah. Yeah. No, Dragon Dragon Age. I think you just play as as one character. But you have a party with you, don't you? You do have a party. You do have a party. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember but, uh, much you, from that game. I guess that. Yeah. I don't think you you actually control the other people in your party. You just send them to do things. Okay. Like you don't switch. You yeah. Because I, mean? I think that would would maybe XCOM games are kind of like that, where you kind of build a party of different characters that have different abilities, and you use those characters to to get through the level and try to yeah. you know because the the thing about it, like when you're playing Lost Vikings, is like if you lose one, you're basically screwed. You have to start. You have to kill them all and then start oh. the level over because you can't oh, finish no. the level if one dies so you have to like if you lose one you're like shit you gotta start over again oh that that just sounds like the kind of bullshit that you yeah. would have to deal with with an old <laughs> snes game but it's okay because the levels aren't that long it's just okay. it sucks when you're like trying to figure out the puzzle aspect of it 
and you just end up accidentally getting killed like in a stupid way and you're just like well crap now i gotta go back and do all this crap over again yeah yeah and i mean that's every video game i think every video game pre-autosave you yeah. you die doing something stupid yeah. and you're like why did i do that yeah <laughs> now i have to play this entire level again especially platformers like they're made to like make you die in ridiculous yeah. ways because that was if you could just get through the game like in one sitting like those games would only take like an hour if that yeah it's it's almost like they design it to make you panic and then you're yeah. like why did i jump why did i jump it's like when i was a kid with ninja gaiden like I could, I couldn't, I played that game, one of my favorite games for the NES, could never finish it, even though I love that game. And now, as as a 44-year-old man, I can finish that game in 20 minutes. Like, I never could finish it as a kid, but I would play it for hours and hours. And that game's not that long. It's just so ridiculously stupid hard that, you know, they make it, like, unfair so it lasts you a long time. Yeah, I think uh yeah, that, that was definitely before video, the video game developers figured a lot yeah. of things out. <laughs> they figured a lot of things out since then. Yeah. Well, also too when I was a kid, it was like you got like maybe you got two games a year. Yeah. Like one for your birthday and one for Christmas. So choose wisely and make sure you get one that's going to yeah. last. And that's how they made those games last. Yeah, and, and you know, luckily being a giant man child, you know, I, I still only get video <laughs> games on special occasions. But you got birthday, yeah. Christmas, Father's Day. So now. you get you Father's got, Day you know, now too. You get an extra yeah, one I in get there. Father's Day, dude. I, I and I usually get the dopest gifts on Father's Day because that's the one day of the year where my girlfriend's like, "I'm sorry for putting you through what I put you through." <laughs> 394 uh, days of the year. Here's this really dope uh, gift. Yeah. And on that note, let's move into the news for this week. <laughs> this first story just dropped yesterday. This is on Polygon.com. The Sonic sequel just found its knuckles. Um, knuckles, the Echidna, is going to be in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And he's going to be voiced by none other than Idris Elba of the Suicide Squad and Luther fame. Did you ever watch Luther? No, I haven't watched Luther, actually. I think it's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, Luther is so good. I highly recommend it. I need to check it out. Uh, Let's see. Expected in theaters next spring, the sequel will also bring in Miles Tails Plower and presumably feature the return of Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik. Uh, the news broke when Elba, tweet, Elba tweeted out a not-so-subtle hint on his personal account, uh, which was then retweeted by the film's official page. Polygon confirmed the casting with Paramount Pictures. Uh, and he posted out a picture of uh, Knuckles' glove and just yeah, said, yeah. knock, knock. And I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, that's... Look, look, man, there's not a lot of perfect casting in the world. (laughs) And even though it's an animated movie, even though it's a voice cast, that is perfect casting. That is inspired casting is what what that is. What do you mean by inspired casting? I'm not sure. Like, not the person you would think would fit that role, 
but is going to fit like when because like you're just like holy crap I never thought of him but that's perfect like he's gonna oh, yeah. he's gonna make it something special absolutely and and yeah he's he's the the kind of actor to where he um I mean he's not afraid to make it his his own as well yeah and and I feel like he's not afraid again even though it's a voice role to to branch away from what people are used to seeing with this character. Man, and they just put up a, uh, a picture. Uh, in the article here, they have a picture of Knuckles, and he's got like a, you know, his, uh, like a face shield on made out of like animal jaw bones and <laughs> a bow and arrow. He yeah. looks so freaking cool. I can't wait for this movie. He looks badass, dude. Yeah. Like, and look, I'll I'll admit this, and and Derek can can you know chastise me all he wants. I did not like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Really? I didn't. I'm sorry. I just didn't like it from a writer standpoint. This podcast start... is over. <laughs> well, look, look. Let let me make a case for myself, man. This movie literally starts with Sonic going. I bet you wonder how I got here. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most lazy plot device of all time but, but they this, made a good movie though i will admit that i laughed during this movie i will admit that it was everything that i expected from a sonic movie i will not admit that it had a good plot <laughs> well but it's... this casting specifically makes me extremely excited to see this movie and i will definitely go see it in theaters absolutely i'll be there day one yeah i'll be there i don't know opening weekend probably yeah um, anyways, next story. A copy of Super Mario Bros. for NES just smashed world records again. Hey, remember last month when a sealed copy of Super Mario 64 sold for a record-breaking $1.56 million? The previous record of most expensive video game was set just days earlier when an ultra-rare copy of The Legend of Zelda on NES reached a then-world-breaking record of $870,000 at auction. That copy of Zelda beat out the previous record, which was set in March 2021, when a copy of uh, Super Mario Bros. sold for $660,000, which in turn beat the previous record of $156,000 set by Super Mario Bros. 3 in November 2020. Okay, we get it. Yeah. (laughs) You can probably guess what's coming next. The record had been set once again by a never-been-opened copy of Super Mario Bros. for the NES, which was sold on collectible site Rally for a mustache-watering $2 million, which for anyone keeping track is over 10 times the amount that was world record setting in 2020. That is, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. There's no reason this should be going for $2 million. Yeah, well, it, it keeps going. This This next line is a... I don't know what they're doing here now because this next line says, but this auction was a little different. Rather than one seller and one buyer, Rally operates a different system, letting investors buy oh. shares of the physical product to then vote on whether or not to sell, reaping the products as a proportion of their share in it. I've heard about so this. That's why they got the $2 million because it's a bunch of people buying shares in this one unopened video game. And they're all going to lose money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still cool. It's still cool to 
I mean, it's you know, cool to see it going for over two million dollars, but th- these aren't worth two million dollars. I mean, they're just not. Yeah, <laughs> they're not. Even if it's yeah. a, a perfect unopened copy, I mean, there. This should prove that there's more than one. Like this right here. Like okay, there's two. How do we not know right. there's like a box of them that somebody found in a warehouse somewhere? that, you know, shoved in the corner back in 1987 that nobody has seen. And there's like a whole box of these that no, they haven't been touched in 35 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no reason for it. I think $2 million is kind of egregious. It's um, stupid. There's no reason for it. If you're, if you're the type of person that buys shares of this video game, stop it. Just stop it. Don't stop it. Yeah, that's what blows my mind is is you're buying you're not you don't own this. You bought shares in an unopened video game that may or may not sell and make your money back. Here, I'm me... interested to see how many people own shares in this two million dollar video game. And yeah, what are the price of the sh- I would like to know what the yeah. price of each share is and how is many shares are there. Is it five dollars split amongst a ton of people, or is it you know, three wealthy businessmen mm. or, or what? If you're going to spend money on shares, may I suggest, uh, you know, Acorn, not Acorn, uh, is it Acorn or like Robin Hood or Stash yeah. <laughs> and put your money in something that's going to build money long-term like Tesla or, right. you know, Apple, Amazon, those type of things. Well, the thing is, though, is, is I will counter with that is those properties are probably not going to make you a lot of money because what is Tesla and Apple and Facebook going to do next? I will say that you should try to be your own entrepreneur and see, try to find out what's going to come next and find the next Tesla and Apple and invest in those yes. companies while they're on the come up. Do some research. Don't put Absolutely. it in a 35-year-old video game. Yeah, that's just a waste <laughs> of your money. Unless it's like five bucks a share. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. That's just so dumb. <laughs> this next story comes from Armez Jackson, one of our listeners. Uh, always sending us some good articles here. Uh, from NintendoLife.com. Project AM- AM2R creator celebrates Metroid's 35th with a new game. Uh, the 35th anniversary of the original Metroid launched in Japan. Uh, this was, what, like a week ago? Uh, three or four days ago. Uh, it wasn't the only Metroid anniversary either. The fan-made overhaul of Metroid 2 Return of Samus, better known as Project AM2R, turned five years old. To celebrate, the developer Milton Dr. M64 Gausty, who now works at Moon Studios on games like Ori and the Will of the Wisps, has released a small web browser game, Skippy the Robot, one of the many untold stories within the AM2R universe. If you're wondering what the connection to Metroid is here, this was essentially a mini-game that's now been turned into its own title. Uh, In the original version, Samus took remote control of the robot. Um, What browser is this in? Did it even say? Um, It doesn't say what browser it's in. Because this is a browser game. Might be Google. Yeah. Um, Well, if you just go to uh, at AM2R game on Twitter, 
and go to the the posting and click the link and you can it'll take you straight to oh yeah you play it any and you play it in any browser so you just go to uh the at amr am2r game and you can play it right in your browser yeah that's that's kind of incredible actually uh, browser games have kind of died a little bit yeah i, I mean heard of any for a while yeah, and I, this this definitely um, you definitely didn't experience this, Jason. But well, I know that when you were back in school, your 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 teacher let you play games like Doom and whatnot on the computer. Mm-hmm. Well, we had browser games when I was back in school, man. And when we would get done, we would go on game sites like um, oh my goodness, I can't even remember all of them, but like Huda Math and um, uh, was it called like Fairgrounds or some shit like that <laughs> or Battlegrounds or something like that. And yeah, man, it was all browser games in like the early 2000s. Yeah, I and used to play a lot of browser games them. back then. It's really sad to see them die. It's like, I mean, it's fun. You can just get on the computer and play a game. You know, a game you've never played before. Just a quick little browser game. Yeah, like quick little Flash games I used to play back in yeah. the day. Um, especially like off E-Bombs World and stuff like that. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah, I think maybe uh, apps have killed that, killed the browser game. Oh, yeah. Well, now you can just make those games and put them on, you know, the Apple Store and, and you know, Google, yeah. Google Play, all that kind of stuff, like the app stores. Like, there's no reason to just do a, a browser game because I don't think you get paid for browser game. Like, how do you get paid yeah. for a browser game unless you run yeah. an ad? That's true. I don't think you do. And, I mean, well... You know, and, and Angry Birds was available as a browser game when it first started. And, and then now, of course, you have Angry Birds apps. And yeah, it just seems like one of those things that, it's, that apps have definitely killed the browser game era. Yeah, that was definitely an early 2000s thing. Yeah, I miss it, man. It was so much simpler back then. Yeah, not me. <laughs> I like the world, the digital world we live in now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just nostalgic. Yeah. But uh, anyways, this next story also comes to us from Armez Jackson. Super Hiking League DX races to switch other consoles next week. Climb to save the world from a magical flat earther. That's a great line. <laughs> so kudos to John Frasia. I don't know your fucking name. Uh, kudos <laughs> to whoever wrote this, man. Uh, Brazilian developer Bit Inc. Studios, which is actually solo developer Mario Azevedo, and publisher uh, QU Byte Interactive have announced that Super Hiking League DX is coming to Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on August 10th, 2021. So that should be available now. Mm-hmm. And it will retail for an economical $4.99 on the Switch eShop. That is, you cannot beat that. Uh, the game offers vertical platforming races against other players or AI, and it involves combat and an elastic hook shot for wacky physics antics. There is a single-player story mode as well, where hikers must collect magic gems in an effort to stop an evil wizard from exacting a plan to make the world perfectly flat. It's literally <laughs> a magical flat earther. I thought they were just being facetious. Did you uh, get to see the game pl- the the trailer for the game yet? In this, uh, mm-hmm. they actually have a trailer for it in the article here. No, I didn't. I didn't get to watch the trailer. It looks um, so fun, just like the physics of the uh, the the hook shot 
and you do yeah. like these crazy like you're on a uh, 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 I don't know like a rubber band it's weird but it looks so freaking fun to play yeah I'm actually I hit play on it right now uh, I'm watching it on mute uh, oh wow yeah, yeah. No, it this does look a lot of, like a lot of fun it's definitely a throwback to older 8-bit mm-hmm. um you know retro games yeah i love the Split art screen competitive platformer yeah it's great art man it kind of reminds me of ice climbers actually mm-hmm. yeah, so, it yeah looks like... go, go check it out what's it called again it's called super hiking league dx and i think it's yeah. actually uh uh available right now if you yeah, uh, it is. looks like a perfect game for the switch yeah, so, absolutely. But it's four ninety nine. Put it right on your Switch, uh, and it looks like there's actually a lot of do to do in this game too, because it mm-hmm. mentioned that you can play multiplayer against other players. So I mean, with that comes infinite playability, essentially. Yeah, this looks fun. I'm gonna have to get this. You can't beat five bucks. I mean, five bucks. It looks great. Yeah, I have five bucks in my wallet right now, and I'm a stand up <laughs> comic, dude. Are you kidding me? I'm the brokest no person. No kidding. Uh, and this last story uh, comes also from RMS Jackson. Uh, this is a game that Derek reviewed a while back. And this is a brand new game, too. Derek reviewed it like the week it came out. Uh, it's from NintendoEverything.com. Turnip Boy commits tax evasion, getting a physical release on the Switch. Graffiti Games and Snoozy Kazoo are planning a physical version of Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. Two companies announced today. Retailers will be carrying the title beginning this fall. Uh, UI Entertainment will be in charge of global distribution. Um, it, it launched on the Switch back in April. You can go back to, I don't remember which episode it is, but not too far back that Eric uh, Derek did a review for it. And um, Amazon currently has pre-orders. Uh, the price is set at $24.99. Dude, I love the title Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. Uh, it has such a great theme song, too. Go look on YouTube and listen to the theme song of the okay. game. Like, it's so out there and just, like, it's so cool. Dude, it's just, who who names their <laughs> game Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion? But it's literally what the game is about. <laughs> you're, you're a turnip boy. And you have to commit tax evasion. <laughs> That's literally what the game is about. <laughs> it's so bizarre. I know. And it sounds weird, but the, the description of the game is literally the title of the game. I have to get this game, dude. It's not like, you know, you get games like Metroid, and you're just like, what is this game about? You know, like, if you've never yeah. heard of Metroid before, or even Legend of Zelda, like, ooh, what is this? It sounds so otherworldly, like Legend of Zelda. What is it? Like, Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. Like, it's right there on Front Street, what the game is about. I feel a lot like Turnip Boy, man. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot in common, me and Turnip yeah. Boy, dude. Uh, and of course, we're not going to do this month in video game history uh, for this episode. We'll bring that back at the end of the month while Derek is here. But before we go into the review tonight, I got some shout-outs for our Patreon account, which is patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And if you're a patron, right now you can go vote on what we're going to do. We have a poll up. 
about um, what we're going to re- uh, do a commentary track for for the extra episode this month. And right now, it's it's between War Games, Big Trouble in Little China, and The Last Starfighter. And Big Trouble in Little China is in the lead by one vote right now. So if you haven't voted yet, head over to patreon.com slash Retro and become a patron. And if you're, not, if, you're, if you're not a patron, sign up and you can vote. And if you are a patron and you haven't voted yet, head over there because uh, we're going to be recording that in the next uh, week or so. But for the shout-outs, these are our patrons. These people keep the lights on for us. Uh, we have Axeblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. Mixmaster, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Tyler Watson, Brandon Rutledge, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Randy Bailey, and of course our newest patrons, Joey Image and Ron Johnson. Thank you everybody for uh, for keeping us above that $50 level where we uh, we do the commentary tracks every month. But if you get us above $100 a month, you'll actually be able to listen to us do those commentary tracks. You'll be able to, we'll get into a Discord room in our Discord community, which you can join our Discord community by going over to at uh, NerdCaveRetro on Twitter. And right up there in our bio is our link to our Discord community. And um, we'll have a, a channel in there set up where when we do our commentary tracks, you'll be able to listen to us while we record it. So if that's interesting to you and you want to hear that, you want to hang out with us, go over there and throw us a buck or two a month. And uh, that's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> so tonight, uh, while Jacob is here, he is going to be talking about... Spider-Man theme that sounds like a, an old 60s surf tune. <laughs> I really dig oh, yeah. that. Yeah, man, this one's def- I think this was a one for this game is a lot grungier. Yeah. I dig it, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to be reviewing Spider-Man for the PS1. That's Spider-Man 2000, which is an action-adventure game based on the Marvel Comics series The Amazing Spider-Man. And although it features the likenesses and same voice actors, it is not based on the animated television shows from the 1990s. It was developed by Neversoft and published by Activision using the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game engine for the PlayStation. The game was later ported by different developers to various systems, including the Game Boy Color and Nintendo 64 that same year, as well as the Dreamcast and Microsoft Windows in 2001. The game's story follows Spider-Man as he attempts to clear his name after being framed by a doppelganger and becoming a wanted criminal while also having to foil a symbiote invasion orchestrated by Dr. Octopus and Carnage. Numerous villains from the comics appear as bosses, including Scorpion, Rhino, Venom, Mysterio, Carnage, and Dr. Octopus, as well as a Carnage symbiote-possessed Dr. Octopus named Monster Ock who was created exclusively for the game as the final boss. So how does this game hold up next to uh, the, the Spider-Man PS4? Oh, man. Well, I will, <laughs> I will actually get into that a little later. Believe it or not, there is a lot of similarities. Really? Within the, yeah, I noticed tons of similarities between this game and Spider-Man PS4. Obviously, though, Spider-Man PS4 is a masterpiece. Like, uh, That's just such a great game. But um, 
this game actually had a few sequels. It it spawned three different sequels for three different um, ports. So you had Spider-Man 2, The Sinister Six for Game Boy Color, Spider-Man 2, Enter Electro uh, for the Game Boy Advanced, and Spider-Man Mysterio's Menace, which is, I believe, also for the Game Boy Advanced. And uh, the game features narration from Stan Lee, and it is the first Spider-Man game published by Activision following their acquisition of the license, which expired in 2014 because obviously Spider-Man is now owned by Sony. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you guys know what this game's about now. Uncle Jake's going to take you to school and tell you a little <laughs> bit about it. So the gameplay of this game, it's it's a PS1 game, man. Like, you guys have played Spyro. Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot, playing a PS4 game and then going back to a PS1 game. Yeah. But as I mentioned earlier, the swinging mechanics and the way that you have to run and go from building to building, the way that you can just shoot up into a vent and the way that you can you can actually stealthily attack enemies from a ceiling, which now blows my mind. When I was a kid, I didn't think much about it. But now thinking about how that's essentially all you do in Spider-Man PS4 yeah. is it's, it's the same kind of swinging mechanics going from building to building, the same kind of stealth attacks. Obviously, you can't you can't one hit somebody from the roof, but you can web them up and and deal with them uh so the gameplay was actually much better than i expected coming into it uh the the plot is it's it's weird man it's it's a little thin i'll admit it the seems like it's got a lot going on with all the different uh villains that they've got in here the thing is is it has a lot going on but at the same time it doesn't because it's like it puts out this base story. Um, the beginning of the game, yeah, uh, there's an imposter Spider-Man who steals this machine that creates a fog all through New York. And that's the excuse as to why you can't fall to the ground is because there's a fog all through New York. So you have to swing from the buildings. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Spider-Man did this. He's a criminal. And Spider-Man, of course, didn't do it. And yeah, he's trying to clear his name and find out what whatever. And then he keeps getting sidetracked through the story, which in Spider-Man PS4 works because you get sidetracked and you do these side missions. But this is just one story. So you get sidetracked and you have to fight Scorpion. You get sidetracked and you have to fight, uh, you know, Electro, Mysterio, whatever. So it's not open and, world. It's just kind of yeah, a, a linear, linear story. story. Okay. Absolutely. And the thing is, is the linear story... It's it could be from it could be from A to B, but instead it's one A, one B, one C. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's you have to go and fight all these other guys who aren't working with Doc Ock and Carnage, by the way. They're just doing their thing. Yeah. And they're just looking like Lego blocks. And <laughs> that was the thing that we talked about earlier. I did look at some YouTube videos, uh, and some gameplay videos that people sent us of the game. And I couldn't get past the 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 graphics. They were so blocky and terrible. They're yeah, the hard gra- to watch. They're really the graphics, hard to watch. The graphics are absolutely abysmal. Uh, that is the worst part of this game is the graphics. The thing is, is if you have the level of nostalgia that I have for this game, playing it 
literally my entire life. It came out in 2000. Well, uh, the year see, I was born. When you first said you were doing Spider-Man, the first one that popped in my head was this Spider-Man based off the movie that came out for the PS2. Ah. And it had... Um, the, the reason I remember it so well is because you had um, the, the beginning um, part where Bruce Campbell did the voiceover. Right. Yeah, and I, I was like, is that the one you're talking about? And you were like, no, it's a different one. So I didn't remember this game. I never yeah. played this one. I don't remember this game at all from that era. Yeah, and, you know, it's... And, and I'm glad you said for, for this era. Uh, that's a huge thing that I need to talk about. It's for <laughs> this era, dude. Yeah. Yeah, the graphics are horrible now, but for this era... The fact that I still see mechanics in it that are being used in the PS4 Spider-Man, this game's kind of groundbreaking. Yeah. Like, the fact that it's still... Obviously, it's a totally different engine. Uh, they used the Tony Hawk Pro Skater engine to make this game. Yeah. Uh, but the, still, the basics that that they built a whole game series around now are still established. And but it's how really are the, cool. How are the swinging mechanics in it? Because that's what makes or breaks... A Spider-Man yeah. game for me is the swinging mechanics. So it's obviously you can't do much. Like you can't do as much as you can in PS4 where you can swing up in the air, go upside down, blah, 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 yeah. whatever. Um, you get three swings. You got to aim and you got to swing and you got to uh. get there. If you don't get there in three swings, you're screwed. <laughs> but but the, the thing is, though, is like you can kind of you can swing and if you swing, you can actually kind of turn mid-air. Mm -hmm. and, and it's just the swinging mechanics, they're... It's kind of hard to explain, but when you play it, you, you, you're kind of like, yeah, I've felt this before. Like, I've, I, can, I can kind of see the, the similarities of this and the, the PS4 games now. Yeah. Uh, even though they're so much more advanced. But the, the coolest part of this game, man, is if you are a spider-man fan there are so many easter eggs in this game it is that almost makes it worth the entire thin plot or whatever because throughout the game you encounter black cat punisher captain america human torch uh daredevil uh they mention thor that you see posters of wolverine you see uh posters of tony hawk's pro skater on the sides of buildings <laughs> Like Stan Lee does the opening voiceover, which aged so well. Yeah, you know, I wish that more uh, Marvel games would have would have done something like that because you know you, you use hear the Stan analog stick and press the X button. <laughs> That's a fantastic Stan Lee impression. <laughs> yes, that it aged very well. It did, and and you hear Stan Lee's voice, and you're immediately like, I'm comfortable. Like yeah. that's it's just you it's know. like a warm yeah, yeah. blanket. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And it's just there's so many Easter eggs, and maybe there's too many characters in it. There's too many bosses, but I like the fact that they did try to give you as much as you would have wanted. Yeah. Well, how long does it take to complete the game? I mean, is it over long or is it a reasonable can, amount? You can play. You can beat this game in one sitting. If really? if your day is dedicated to this game, you yeah. can beat it in one sitting. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's what I did uh, when I was prepared to review it. I I sat down, 
played it for five, six hours, something like that. Hmm. Just got through it. And the hard, the hardest part is no matter how easy you have the difficulty on, there's this mission where you have to chase Venom into a subway and you have to stay on a train while all of these lizard experiments from when the lizard <laughs> lived in the sewer are trying to knock you off the fucking train. <laughs> and no matter how good you are, no matter how easy the difficulty is, their goal is to knock you off the train. They're not trying to kill you. They're trying to knock you off the thin PlayStation 1 graphic train. Uh, that sounds awful. I died at least 30 times. Jeez. And it plays the cutscene over again, and oh, you can't skip it. I hate that. That's one of I... my biggest complaints about going back and playing some of these old, like, even PS2 games. Like, I've mm -hmm. played a couple for, uh, on uh, PS Now, and you those unskippable cutscenes they had back in the day. Oh, that's so aggravating. Yeah, that's... I almost put my foot through my TV, dude. <laughs> I was about to lose my mind. I'm sure. I, I want to lose my mind just thinking about it. Yeah, and, you know, and the the plot for a PS1 game, it's... I, well, I'll hold it to the candle of Spyro, right? Spyro is very simple. The goal's very simple. But the plot's good. You know what you're doing the whole time in Spyro. Yeah. While I'm playing Spider-Man, it's like, wait, why is there a fog again? Yeah. What's happening? I know it's Doc Ock and Carnage. You well, see their shadows from the beginning. I think it would be hard for me to go back and play this game because you have to be in a certain mindset to yeah. go back and play these games from this era because you have to overlook certain a things lot. about yeah yeah you have to overlook a lot you have to remember the time frame these games came out in the the level of graphic like it's that transition period from mm -hmm. you know sprite based graphics to 3d graphics and there was a rough period between like 96 to 2000 there was a real rough period and yeah. playing like the Spider-Man PS4 game is still one of my favorite games of all time. Easily the, my favorite game of what year did it come out? 2019? Like uh, something like that, yeah. I loved every second of that game. Right and game. to yeah. go from that back to, you know, a PS1 Spider-Man game, I just don't think I could do it. Yeah. And be objective and about it. That, yeah, and, and that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be objective because I do have a lot of nostalgia attached to this game. Like I like I said, I've been playing it literally my entire 21 years on this planet because mm -hmm. it was my brother's PS1 game. Um, Yeah, it's just... It is, it is rough to get through if you can't ignore the graphics. But, yeah. but if you do try to see, you know, what this came from like oh this is the og spider-man game and then this kind of spawned all of this because even in the game you can unlock like different suits by doing certain things and you can find uh these hidden collectible comic book covers to view in your gallery and if you do you know a, collect a certain amount you get another suit or whatever see that was and one of, course, of my you... obsessions with the spider-man yeah. ps4 game was collecting the suits and that's this is where that started yeah. for sure because you you there's only like five or six, but you can unlock different suits to equip during the story. 
and that's that was really fun because and it's and it's not just like you know just random what you would expect suits like you can unlock yeah. the scarlet spider suit you can unlock the ben unlock the ben riley version of scarlet spider and you can unlock bagman um with spider-man in the fucking fantastic four costume really? with a, a paper bag on his head yeah that's cool yeah, and I, and I believe you can unlock Spider-Man 2099 as well. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, I might be mistaken on that. I actually didn't unlock all the suits. Uh, but nonetheless, it's it's a good game for the time. Uh, playing it now, yeah, there's a lot that you're going to have to <laughs> overlook. You have to be a very... I think to, in order to go back, especially like that whole era of the N64... PlayStation, you have to be, you have to have a whole other level of nostalgia to go back and be able to play those games with any sort of objectivity. Yeah, and uh, I was looking at the the reviews on this game, and they are all over the board. (laughs) They none of them, hardly any of them, are the same, and I believe that's because you see a mix of the people who reviewed this game when it came out as opposed to people who reviewed this game at some point when their site was developed. Cause I'm assuming that's where a lot of those low scores came from. Yeah. Cause this game at the time was well received. It, it was a, so there was one, I forgot who gave it a nine out of 10, but it has a nine out of 10. And then GameSpot gave it a 6.6 out of 10, which <laughs> yeah, is such I'm, a big gap. I'm looking at these review scores and Holy crap. They are just all over the map. It's, it's like a Christmas tree. It is <laughs> six out of ten. Out. It goes from like six out of ten to nine out of ten, back down to like seven point one. Like it's just all yeah. over the place. Yeah, and that's my theory on that. Is is the the high scores are from when this game came out and was reviewed, and the lower scores are from when these sites sort of developed after this game came out and they put this game review on their site. Yeah. Um, I personally playing it from this standpoint i have to take my nostalgia and my love for this game out of it uh but even still that that would only knock me down to like a six out of ten i bad and that's good for me because you know i would consider a bad review a four out of ten yeah so six out of ten would be slightly good anything anything six and up is i consider uh, worth your time Yes, and this is definitely worth your time if you've never played it and you're a huge Spider-Man fan. Definitely give this game a shot. I'm sure you can find it pretty much everywhere. Yeah, It's not hard to find, <laughs> and I'm sure it's pretty inexpensive as well. So I think yeah, if, man, you're a, I mean, if you're a Spider-Man fan, I would definitely say go play this one, but definitely go play the Spider-Man, uh, the, the PS2 version based off yeah. the movie. That one blew my mind at the time. Like I loved that game. Yeah, and and if you liked the uh, Spider-Man series from the '90s, uh, like I mentioned earlier, it's it's not based on that, but it's based on that. Like yeah. they, it's not based on that, but it's the same voice actors. Yeah. It's the <laughs> same, you know. Well, so if you like a, that series, a, you might like this game. We did a commentary track of the Spider-Man, uh, the episode one. Uh, we did on the last commentary track, and I I dug it a lot. I never saw yeah. that cartoon. Really? Mm-mm, never uh, saw it. My 
my grandma I, di I didn't grow up with cable so my grandma used to record cartoons on vhs tapes and give to me i had and, uh family like that too yeah. i didn't get cable till i was like a teenager so when i was yeah, a kid here. my aunt would literally fill up like six hour tapes from like nickelodeon yeah. disney channel and just like give them to me yeah so i still have that vhs tape around here where it has uh batman the animated series Spider-Man the animated series, X-Men the animated series. Yeah. Um the oh what was the name of the 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 show with the Looney Tunes when they were babies? Oh, uh Tiny Tunes. Tiny Tunes. Tiny Tunes is on there. Hey Arnold. And I'm and I'm scared to find that tape and put it in a in a v, uh, VCR now. Cuz if that <laughs> tape gets eaten, dude, that's so many memories lost. I would yeah, cry. I, I have a lot of VHS tapes left over from when I was a kid, like taped things. Yeah. You know, that I would, like, I still have Ghostbusters on a tape that I taped it off of uh, the ABC Sunday Night Movie, and nice. I uh, edited out the commercials. Like, I sat near the TV, <laughs> and when the commercials came on, I hit pause. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was like the world premiere, like, on ABC. Like, I just never want anything to happen to those tapes, but they only have, yeah. they only supposedly have, like, what, like a 10-year shelf life? And we're going on like 30 years now, so it's like, ugh. Yeah, I have lost plenty of VHS tapes in my day <laughs> to the uh, the bottomless pit that is yeah. my temperamental VCR. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, love, I love collecting VHS tapes, so I have a huge collection right now. Yeah, I just, I, I just I go to the I thrift do. store and just buy stuff. Like The thrift store will just have VHS mm. tapes that have never been opened. Like, I have so many VHS tapes that just, like, never got open, like Jurassic Park and Dune. Oh, wow. Like, things that, like, things like that were just never open. Yeah. They're, like, 50 cents. I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah, I know you mentioned that show idea about where you review VHS, yeah, uh, v yeah VHS tapes you found at a flea store. I still want to do that. I, I want to call it Thrift Store Cinema or something along cinema. those lines where you just go get, like, a random VHS tape, watch it, and review it. Yeah, that'd be great for like a startup TV channel or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that'd be a great show. But I don't know. I might actually. Uh, I'd like to play this just to to get like actually play it for a little while. But I just don't think I, after playing the the perfection that is Spider Man PS4, I could ever go back and <laughs> play the this era of Spider Man games. Like I went back and played Maximum Carnage on the yeah. Super Nintendo. And that game is still fun to play, even though it's long and it's a little mm -hmm. over long, but the music's still great on it. Like the fighting I, mechanics are good. Like if you if you play with like another person, it, it's it'd be a fun afternoon to just go through that game. Yeah, um, this this game it's it's definitely not going to take up a lot of your time. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you know what you're doing, man, you can you can slice right through it. Yeah. So. Yeah, no. So no excuse to not check it out. I mean, it is a it is a slightly good game. It's a good game for the era, and it's not going to take you a lot of time to beat it. So if you're a Spider Man nut like I am, yeah, definitely recommend it. Awesome. Well, um, well, thank you for uh, filling in for Derek tonight. It's been awesome having you on the show again. Absolutely, man. Anytime you want me, I'm here. Yeah, I think we might have a couple of more before. Uh... Before baseball season's over, with that we might have to get you in here to to fill in for Derek before the season's over. Anytime you need me, man, I am always one text away. But where can everybody find you on the interwebs? Man, so 
<laughs> I don't even try to build my own promotion anymore, man. I'm done with it. I don't care if you follow me. You got to listen to Open Micros Podcast, yes. dude. Got to go to www.openmicros.com. Check out our Patreon tiers. See if you like one, want to subscribe. You can listen to all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Doesn't matter. Anchor FM. Anchor FM. And guys, we interview such cool people. Mm. Like, if you're, you, so you guys are, you know, you're listening to a retro game podcast right now. Probably pretty nerdy. Probably not insulted that I just called you a nerd. <laughs> we have talked to guys like Brian O'Halloran from Clerks. Mm-hmm. And James C. Leary from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Corin Nemec from fucking Stargate SG One, <laughs> dude. And Supernatural. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You and guys not, have to check out this podcast. Not only that, but we've talked to huge famous comedians like Absolutely. Sean Patton, Jenny Zagrino. Dave Hill. Yeah, Dave Hill. Dave Hill was on the show last week. Yeah. Great He's guy. Everywhere. He's everywhere. He wants to come on again. Yeah, he wants to come on again. Finish. We didn't get to finish talking with him. He wants to come back. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Go listen to it. At Open Micers on Twitter. Open Micers Podcast on Facebook. We do it every week. And we have a every Patreon week. over there, too, where we do ex- an extra episode every month. Just like we do here. So if you go over there and you like it, hell, even if you don't want to be on the Patreon. And for this show as well, we made the move to Anchor.fm. So if you want to listen to us through the Anchor app... Uh, which you can get on your whatever smart device you're using. Um, get the Anchor app, and you can uh, follow us and subscribe to us over there if you don't like Patreon. As little as a dollar, you can subscribe, You know, like do a monthly subscription to the show, and it helps support us. Keeps the lights on, pays all, all the bills that we have to keep these shows on the air. So if you follow this show, go, go check out Open Micers. I think you'll enjoy it. Fantastic. Fantastic. But uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and step out the door here. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're at um, nerdcaveretro on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, we are on facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And you can follow us individually on Twitter at jfunktastic, at Derek underscore diamond, and of course at Jacob C. Craig. Uh, if you want to buy a t shirt, go get some of our merch. We got coffee mugs, we got computer bags face masks, whatever you need. Go over to ncrmerch.com. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and uh, keep us above that $50 level where we do those commentary tracks every single month. If you can't do that, if you can't support us monetarily, I understand. Times are tough. Head over and leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So, uh, Jacob, do you have a sign-off? Y'all motherfuckers like soup? Yeah, soup! Chucker, eh? Uh...